I am wearing the tightest leather pants known to mankind. Like they were, they were in at the time, but this was ridiculous. I mean, you know, idiot glasses on and I pull out like a douchebag. I was trying to impress her. I think having a great sit down on, okay, what do you do well? And what do I do well? Well, I'll grab the things that I do really well, but I don't think we have those conversations in general in yeah, our relationships. Just sexual. We just, we tend to just grab and do things, whatever's needed. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is Couples Synergy. All right, welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Andre and Nancy Parody. Andre is a relationship coach, entrepreneur, published writer, ordained minister, and artist who is now focusing his professional energy on teaching singles and couples how to create and maintain successful relationships. He is a former professional dancer who has danced with legends, including Michael Jackson, Prince, and Paula Abdul, to name a few. He is also the host of the podcast, How the Culture Gets It Wrong, and his mission in life is to teach and empower people. Nancy Parody is the artistic director of LA Dance Moves, which is a talented group of visionaries, artists, and musicians who collaborate to create visual beauty through dance and excellence. Thank you to you both for being on our podcast today. Thank you, guys. That's a good <laughs> intro. I'm like, who are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> yes. And and before great. we Thank came you on, you guys were talking about uh, how how sunny it is over there in L.A. And uh, we were oh. talking about how rainy and cold it is here in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's how I roll. So sorry. <laughs> okay. So um, we want to get into your story. We want to, you know, find out more about what you guys do. Why don't we start with how old are you and how long have you been together? Whoosh! Together, you ready? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go backwards. Go backwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> Twenty-seven years together. Wait, no. No, it's going to be 30 this ah, September. Yes, it's going to be 30 September. <laughs> wow, 30. Uh, I'm the guy, I'm close, but not, our, not our, definitely. <laughs> our 25th kind of came and went, but the 30th, it's in September. We want to do something special. We can renew our vows. Um, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s. Can you tell us the story of how you met? Oh, damn. Here you go. Condensed. 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 <laughs> I'm a storyteller, so I tend to go along. <laughs> but... Uh, at the time, I was on the road um, for a year and a half at the touring company, dancing, my first professional job. <clears throat> and it was a lot of fun, but it was complete um, rock and roll, life, life on the road, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I quit the job because it was, as a professional dancer, I was in training, I was just performing, and I felt myself slip back, and I didn't want to stay in that kind of environment even. 
too much fun, if, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quit, <clears throat> came back to LA and got myself settled. Um, started teaching dance class. That was my life. Um, and she was one of my students. <laughs> I was ready for the one. I'd been on the road. I've done all that. I was ready for the one. I'm 27 years old when I got the, the road. And uh, she walked in one day. I mean, I was, you have to understand, I've been around beautiful women my whole life. I was teaching at 15. And in every dance class, if you can imagine, whether it was ballroom or jazz, it was me and 45 young girls. Like that was my life. Two guys, you know, if if they're lucky. So um, I've been always, always, always surrounded with women, like all the time. When she walked into my class that one day, I, mean, I got to after I came back from the road, that was it. <laughs> it was in two minutes. This was my wife. Wow. And I actually remember in my the middle of class. I, I mean, I got so overwhelmed when I saw her. Like it was, and I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't like a soulmate thing because I don't believe in that. It wasn't a I recognized her from the past life. Nothing. None of that. Like, it was just like it was beyond me and her. It was like so like on a different level. This is a girl. Enough that in the middle of class, I couldn't I I couldn't teach. I had to push my assistant in front of me because I choked. I feel like a child that, you know, got caught in his hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> Ears all hot, you know, <laughs> knees weak. I'm a dancer for Christ's sake. I'm in the middle of, you know, teaching a class. And so I had an immediate knowing. And I know I do this work now. And I know men, it's very common for men. Men know when they meet their wife instantly. My brothers, my friends, some of my clients, that the moment I saw her, this was my wife. So it sounds funny. And I had never believed truly in that until it happened to me. So hmm. that said, um, I was actually involved with somebody else that was coming undone at the time. So I was, I couldn't start this with the other one not finished, right? That's my brain. I can't, I don't start anything crooked. I'm just like that. So it took me three months to get rid of, finish a thing that I didn't want to be part of anymore. And then I thought I should regroup because I was angry at the situation. I thought I should regroup before I jump in into thing. Meanwhile, she came to my class every three times a week. She was in my class three times a week. And because of every time I saw her, every time I made eye contact, like everything froze. Like I just like this freaking electricity every time that. So I managed to, so I could teach class and not feel so guilty about having this energy with this woman when I have the other one that I'm trying to shake off. I learned to, I like to make it disappear. I, had, I would not look at her. I would sort of, I had, I had to. So. For three and a half months, she came to class on a regular basis, and I basically spent my time trying to avoid looking at her. <laughs> like I needed that. Anyway, all good. So after three weeks after the other one, I broke up with the other one, finally, and I thought I should regroup and take my time to get, you know, back, you know, you don't jump into something when you still ain't, whatever. So but within three weeks of this, at one point, I had to do the exercise in the room where they were coming at me, at me two at a time. And again, I isolated her out of my sight until she came at me <laughs> with one of the girls doing that exercise. And I just, I remember going, what are you stupid? Are you going to wait for somebody else to go after her? Like, like, that's your girl right there. What are you doing? Okay. So fair enough. I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. So this is on a Monday. So Wednesday, I decided when she comes to class, <clears throat> I'm going to ask her out right? For a bite to eat. So I'm all excited. Wednesday comes, she didn't show up. 
the first time in first time in three and a half months. The, the one day, okay. So after class, I go, I stole her number from the front desk because they're not supposed to do that. And I, anyway, <laughs> I threatened the poor young girl. Got, got her number. One was the payphone. It was a payphone back in those days. Cell oh phones God. were too expensive. <laughs> and I call her home. She picks up, hi. But I guess Andre, oh my God, hi. I go, so you weren't in class today. Yeah, I heard my back a little bit. I said, you're going to be there Friday? I'll be there Friday. I go, okay, well, you know, I had two classes back to back. She came to the first class. I said, well, if I'd like to take you for a bite to eat after class, but I won't be done until seven. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. I'll meet you there. Okay. <clears throat> so sure enough, she comes to class. <laughs> and I'm all... <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is right before that Friday, when I, before I started class, she always came in 10 minutes late because the class was at 4 PM, which is hard for people to work to get to. So she's always 10 minutes late. So right before I started class, I'm all bouncing around and happy because I got my girl. I'm going on a day to get to know her. I know nothing about her. I just know her last her first name. I know nothing about her. Just as my girl. So I'm I'm kind of hyper. It tends to be hyper. And one of the other students that was in class before I started says, yeah. she was kind of a, one of those. There's always one, right? Like <laughs> she, she, she goes to the guys in charge, just to, whatever competing with other women in the room. And so anyway, she says to me, she goes, you're in a good mood today. And I go, well, yeah, I got, I got a date. And I was happy to put that in her face. I didn't like, leave me alone. <clears throat> All right. She's like, okay, with who? And I go, with Nancy. She's like, Nancy. And I go, no, Nancy, the ballerina with the legs. And she goes, wait, Nancy Ferraro? Same, I don't know. You know, the ballerina. She goes, yeah. She goes, so you have a date. With Nancy Ferraro? <laughs> I go, yeah. She's just, <laughs> well, Nancy Ferraro has got a boyfriend for four years. They plan to get married. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> All I know is this girl. So I get this moment lost in time. I get that moment lost in time. I just like, I completely like wilted. I just yeah. like, just crushed me. <laughs> After all this time, you know, thinking this is my girl. Four years, trying to get married, they live together. Now, it ruined my day. Like, completely ruined my day. So I'm a happy, like, go like a kind of teacher, right? And that day, the classes were dark. It was like, crappy. <laughs> I, was, I was mad, yeah. right? So she shows up, and everybody's like, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with them today? Whatever. So after class, we go out, and I take it for a bite to eat, but I'm furious because <clears throat> I feel con somehow. I'm not sure why. So Nancy, that going out for a bite to eat, you didn't think anything of it because you were with someone at the time. Um, it wasn't in my heart like a real relationship. This this person just kind of kept me. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and obviously, I didn't see any harm in it, but I I think I was being a little mischievous, sure. But you know, <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um. What were you yeah, thinking I, about sure the fact that he was ignoring you for like three months? Well, I, I, I didn't have the same initial reaction. There was something really um, connected with him right away. And, and we made eye contact and how are you doing and this and that. But I was also a brand new, brand new to Los Angeles and trying to retrain in my career from a ballerina to, to in the commercial world. So I was really focused. So I kind of. It wasn't something noticeable to me. Like he wasn't being mean or anything. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it just he just kind of cooled cooled the engines you know a little bit so um but when he called me I, I was excited, you know, and I guess this was a dead end relationship that just wasn't finished yet, you know. So I, I yeah, I mean, I it was, definitely was mischievous, and mm -hmm. yeah. So what what was it about each other that you fell in love with? He's just like he has this amazing, like he said, there's 45 women in class, but he makes you feel like you're the only person in mm -hmm. front of him, and he has this amazing character trait today you know so um there's just something really warm about him and kind kind eyes and la's not quite that way you know um and i'm i'm an east coast girl he, he's an east coast guy and i'm an east coast girl i'm from virginia he's from quebec and um there was just um yeah just a kindness and a good person in front of me and i was i was attracted to him and you know he was a hot teacher too but it was just this I, I felt his soul I felt his soul and I also something I have to say before this is I was a ballerina on the east coast came to LA and got bitten I say bitten by this bug and went back and broke a contract which you don't so I kind of feel like I was guided to get here mm. to meet him it's really bizarre because straight, straight up you can't yeah straight up. that's that's the thing I can't even explain you know it, it was in I can't explain it. This is the girl. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like my, I had my radar. I remember they, I had this antenna radar, like a satellite dish on my head this whole time. <laughs> and that day, literally, I just folded it back. It just, I saw it like literally fold in. Mm. Like no more radar necessary. That's the girl. But the rest of it was logistical, trying to get there and get rid of, you know. But get this, so I take her to the restaurant that night and I'm curious and she knows something wrong. She's all nervous because <laughs> the happy go lucky guy is dark cloud. And so, and I'm really, I have no um, shut off valve when I'm confused. Like it'll just, you'll know that I'm confused because I'll just go right for it. Like I can't help it. I'm not going to pretend anything. I can't do it. I just can't do it. If I'm confused. I need to fix, you know, it needs to be fixed. So we sit across from each other in the restaurant and uh, she's like, so how was your day? And I go, it's all right. How's your boyfriend? Because <laughs> what the hell are we doing there, right? What, what the hell is going on here? Like, yeah. you know? So she, she just, I'll never forget this. She's sitting across from me. She goes like this. <laughs> and she starts playing the fingers. Yeah. She goes, I thought you knew. I go, how would I know? I don't even know your last name. I know nothing about you, right? Well, you know, it's not quite blah, blah. I'm like, you know, and then the moment I said it, I could get over it. Like, and I thought I made this thing up in my head, right? It's a fantasy. It's not real. It was too quick. Like I never experienced that. Right. So I, I just went on a little mind trip on my own. And this is a girl who's not available and you, you know, just get over it. So the moment I said it and whatever, so poof, pressure was released. We had pizza, whatever, pick her back. All good. I'm good. You know, it's sort of, trip myself up by myself okay <laughs> moving on but about two weeks later <laughs> she does the same trick that i did to her <laughs> she gets my phone number and calls my my house <laughs> leaves a message on the machine again the cell phones in those days were affordable and i get home and it's like hi andre this nancy i have this choreography idea i'd like to talk to you about we should go for lunch i'm off on wednesdays <laughs> or i get a early on wednesday i'm all what now I'm confused because this is the girl now. She knows I like her. She knows I'm flirting with her. 
she, I'm trying to, you know, she has a boyfriend. She just told me so. I get over it. Lunch, choreography idea. <laughs> so I call my friend Vinny. <laughs> Vinny was my bounce dude. Vinny, blah, blah, blah. What the hell does that mean? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> well, whether she knows I like her, she knows I love her. What the hell is she doing? I don't know. <laughs> well, Vinny, you're not helping. I, I don't know. <laughs> so this is one time in my life, I've always been a pretty secure guy. I am who I am. Take it or leave it. I don't care. Right. I never try to impress anybody. Like, I like you. You'll know. I don't like you. You'll know. Blah, blah. So I, she was working in the Hollywood Hills, somebody's house as a photographer assistant. So I was going to pick her up for lunch. And I did. But this is the unusual part about <laughs> that day is the, the easygoing, whatever kind of guy, take it or leave it, turned into a giant cheese stick. <laughs> Like a giant cheese dick. Like cheese steak? Cheese dick. Like cheese dick. <laughs> okay. Cheesy idiot. Moron. Freaking wannabe. Showing off. So get this. I went all the way. It was ridiculous. I borrowed a friend of mine's Jaguar. Trying oh. to impress her with a car. What the hell? Like, I've never been that guy. So I borrowed a Jaguar to take her on the date to pick her up. To impress her with a car. Not my car, but some... What? Who does that, right? I am wearing the tightest leather pants known to mankind. Like they were, they were in at the time, but this was ridiculous. I mean, you know, tight. Like you could see double seven. You know what I'm saying? Like tight, <laughs> up the ass, all the stuff. Funky shirt. I have like aviation glasses on, and I pull up like a douchebag in front of the house because she's working in the basement of a house with the window down, right on my side, and pull up on the street. With my wrist broken on the steering wheel like this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why do you think you did that? I was trying to impress her. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know why I was trying to impress her, but it was like she just rocked my world. And I'm sure that like, really Me? impressed her. <laughs> I've never been that guy. That's was... ridiculous. Like, that's, that's ground for a girl to go, okay, you could just leave. <laughs> just... We went sweatpants on the first day. Right. Because I, I do the first day worth of pizza in my sweatpants straight oh. from class. Like, I don't uh, try sweaty. to impress anybody. Like, I want, if I want to know you, I don't want the pretense and the pretending and the posing. <laughs> Guess what I do? Very disappointing. But never done that in my life. Trying to impress her. Anyway, I take her to the restaurant. I planned the restaurant. I planned uh, yeah, Valley Park. Something I never do. Pressing. Anyway. <laughs> Knew the knew, knew the, the the girl at the front. It was after it's a two o'clock lunch, so I knew the restaurant was gonna be empty. I picked the table. <sighs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I sat her down, and because I picked the table and I sat her on the other side, I said to her, I used to go to the bathroom and walked all the way to the bathroom. It was a 40-foot long walk where the only view was my ass. That's all she could see. Oh <laughs> walking yeah. like oh. <laughs> If I may oh, say wow. it's one of my best assets. Wow. You put me in the bench, so I'd be facing I put it on the bench, way. so all she could look at is my ass walking 40 feet away. Like, who the, who's this guy? What happened to the woman? Where is it? Right? I look totally cool, I think, like holding myself together, right? And But I'm fucking freaking out. I don't know, excuse my friend, but I don't know what's happening, right? I don't know why I'm here. She's making me nuts. That's what's going on. Look at what I'm acting. What am I doing? <laughs> anyway, come back to the table. I think I'm acting cool. You tell me. So I sit down and blah, blah, blah. How was work? Blah, blah, blah. And again, I have to go right for it because I don't know what's happening. So what's this idea you have? 
as she smiles, this little smirk, and she goes, actually, I have no idea. I just wanted to see you. Oh. <laughs> I lost my shit in the restaurant. I'm going to tell you, I lost yeah. my shit in the it's restaurant. <laughs> I lost my mind completely. The confusion from the first time I saw her, this whole story that I told you, sort of came up. Like, I just, what are you doing to me? Like, for the first time, I like, lost my shit completely. I completely lost control. And enough that I'm standing up. As I'm saying, and now you, you call my house, yeah, and you have no idea. Poof, and I start to fall back in my chair. And by then, she should have been running out the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, I'm like, you know, I lost my shit, and I'm almost, yeah, a little over the top. So I fall back in my chair, and I'm like, like, speak. Like, I don't know what all this is. And she says to me again with a smirk, she's smirking by then. She should be running, she's smirking even more. I'm like, and she's like, well, I feel the same way that you do about it, about us. I just don't know what to do with you. And oh. honestly, I don't quite know who that girl was either. <laughs> say that. You know, doing, well, doing all this, like, I guess, you know, kind of manipulation, but I, I just was so taken by him, you know? A little, little yeah. drama in dance class. Seriously. <laughs> and I don't do Start drama. I don't yeah. do drama. <laughs> weird thing. Yeah. So how how does your relationship progress from there? <laughs> well, that mo very moment when she said that, it kind of kind of validated everything as I felt from the beginning. So all of a sudden, I didn't make it up. I wasn't crazy. Yeah. I was right. I was right. I was right. You know, this is like it just got a bolt lightning. Just right, <laughs> right. And then in my heart, I meant that. Um, excuse me, loose gum. In that very moment, I knew. Whew, choking it validated my feelings that she was my girl and i said to her i says you know if you need to finish this with this man so whether it's next week next month next year just know i'm over here you're my girl i'll be afraid go finish this and let me know when you're done and uh i rescued her from the side of the road because she went back and i said yes had the conversation with him Men don't really like to hear that some of the guys taking your girl away. So he got really mean and vicious, which happens. And uh, they had a huge fight. All I knew is at midnight, I just went to pick her off on the side of the road. She was walking alone in the dark in North Hollywood, not safe. Hmm. <clears throat> Took her back to my place and she never left. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that clear as day, the certainty. So what is it about being in a relationship that you guys got so passionate about that you started doing coaching? Well, we were just dating. I want to, I want to say this, you know, we dated for a year, we were engaged for a year and we got married and then we still had seven more years of that life before having children. And I, I'm just so thankful for that to have the experiences. We traveled, performed, had the career in LA. And, um, <clears throat> but before we even got married, Andre was always a seminar workshop person. And he kind of dragged me to one. He's like, look, I'm going to grow. I, I want you with me. I, I want to leave you behind. And I remember being really resentful. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to go. It's kind of a shitty thing to say, right? <laughs> like, you know, you need to learn some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, I got it, you know. And um, even when we go, when it was business seminars, it always, always turns out to be personal, personal growth. So um, that road kind of one seminar to a different one to a different one led Andre to, well, you can tell that, but kind of land to this, to this work fit over 15 years ago. Yeah. 
and we realize that there's tools we don't have, there's communication skills, we're just kind of fumbling and making this up as we go. And we had kids and they were young um, and, and learning some really tangible tools was incredible. We're still learning them. <laughs> yeah. So like on the timeline, by then, this was, again, I was a workshop head. I was always, you know, I started a different business. When we started to, when we decided to have a family, I quit dancing the way I was doing it. I was, didn't want to travel the world and not be present for, to raise my kids. I, that's not what, the way I was going to do it at all. It's the exact opposite. So I stayed grounded in Los Angeles. I would only do the work here as opposed to going around the world. And I, I was done with that anyway. 15 years of, sounds glamorous, whatever. Um, so I opened a business in Los Angeles, a car business to keep me grounded. So that became how I was present to raise my children. So the business was six minutes from my house and the house was two blocks from the school. So we were both at every meet, every parade, every Halloween, <laughs> anything, right? Every recital and both of us just all. So that's the way I set it up. And, uh, but I was again, constantly doing personal development stuff business workshop to take my business hired that I could on my own, blah, blah. And in 2006, randomly on a business seminar up north in San Jose, California, on the way back on the plane, I met this couple uh, in that workshop sitting in the same aisle, just seemingly, <laughs> seemingly randomly. It was, life is so not random. Like she says to me, the girl says to me, she goes, what do you do next weekend? And I go, I don't work on the weekend. She goes, you want to come to a workshop? I'm like, of course, I'm going to come to a workshop. Right? I'm a workshop head. And they cost, you know, as a guest, she's guesting me into the workshop, you know, and those things could be hundreds, thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm there. Yes, of course. Next Saturday, LAX, you know, hotel. And they go, Bo, so where's the workshop? Because I say, yes, if I even know what it is. Because <laughs> it's almost irrelevant. You can learn yeah. something. That's my brain. Uh, she goes, oh, it's called Understanding Women. Okay, right? And so I'm open, except that morning, you know, I have to get up early on my Saturday morning to go drive to the airport in Los Angeles. Last thing I want to do all of a sudden. And I'm trying to negotiate with myself, like, what the hell are you going to teach me, right? Again, <laughs> the guy with 45 young girls this whole life, you know, access to women all I want, never attracted but sweet women like my wife, like that's my, that was my default. Like it never did the drama my friends did with their wives or the girlfriends. Like I never, I've never done drama with women. I don't do drama in general, but especially not with a woman. Like it's, <laughs> so I kind of, I got this, you know, it was in my head. Like, so what, they're gonna, what are they going to teach me? Like, like, I got this. It's, I, you know, I thought it was my artistic art artistic personality mm. and my understanding and my kindness <laughs> yeah, nice. that's and they're going to teach you how to understand women in one day right <laughs> but even that like i got this like we're going to teach me be sweet right. kind don't yell right just let her talk all right <laughs> but i went because i said i would you know and i don't anyway thought it was going to be cute when i get there i walk in the room there's 400 people in the room and it was like, okay, this isn't cute. Something, something, there's something going on here that's much bigger than I think. Like something I don't know. And sure enough, at the end of the workshop, my brain's all over the wall. Just <laughs> like the guy who's the guy who's good with ladies in his mind, anyway. Um, married by then, the kids are or have a toddler and a baby. 
No, nothing. We're doing well. I'm not looking for this information. I'm not struggling. We're not right. I'm, but that day, I slipped off my chair seven or eight times. Like slipped off my chair, <laughs> understanding what I don't understand. And I literally it was very clear to me that I knew, not, not, I knew nothing about women, absolutely zero. And what was scarier that I knew nothing about my wife hmm. and how she processed things, how she the stuff hits her, how she takes things personally, whether I mean to or not, whether what comes at her, she filters in a way that that don't intend for her to filter or, you know what I mean? Like realize the danger of, the biggest one was, <sighs> is without any intention of mine, and I know, Ray, you're gonna, you're gonna relate to this, right? Like. I never have intentions of hurting your feelings. I never want to hurt your feelings. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to. Like, why would I try to hurt my girl's feelings? This is my angel. This is my baby. This is the, children, the mother of my children. And when she's in a good mood and happy, I'm in a good mood and happy, right? Like, why would I have to work? Like, so I never want to hurt her feelings. Sure, all good intentions, right? All the time. Yeah. However, to her, that's not what it looks like. Well, you know no, what the right. road to hell is paved with, right? <laughs> good intention. To them, it looks like not only do we know what we're doing over their feelings, it's so obvious to her and every girl in her circle that, you know, they don't say that, you don't do that, you do say that, you do not do that, you do do that, right? Like, whatever, this is whole filtering of what's coming at her. So not only, I know what I'm doing when I hurt her feelings, and I probably do it on purpose on top of it. That's what it occurs on their side. Like, wait, what? So... <laughs> I never mean to, but you always experience that, right? Just from the, the, the so that made me crazy, right? Because I thought my, my whole family, my brothers and sisters, everybody's divorced and remarried like two and three times. I have my angel. I'm not going to mess that up because I don't know. <laughs> That's my brain. Because like, I don't know. This is maybe in jeopardy down the line. Oh, hell no. And so That's how it started, my diving into the whole I told him that day he came home and I, I looked at his face and I said, you're white. <laughs> Your face is like drained of color. I was upset. I was yeah, really upset. upset. I was, I was sc actually scared. It was, it terrified me to think what she may be filtering yeah. about what I'm doing and not doing, saying or not saying that. I mean, how long, th think about it for one, this is what I got for me. It was like, how long can a lovely woman, any woman hang on to a relationship when she thinks not only is he always hurting a feeling, but he's doing it on purpose. I mean, how long till you go forget this fool, right? Were you guys so, having problems at the time in your No, not at all. Not at all. We weren't looking for this at all. But that's what, to me, the danger of eventually she's going to go to hell with you, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just because I didn't know? No. Right? So I ended up taking the whole company's curriculum, of course, just out of like making sure that yeah. we we're going to be okay. And because I'm a teacher, I became in a second. I was a workshop leader for that company. In, mm -hmm. I mean, that's so they became, and that's how that thing started for me. Uh, it didn't work out with these people. Too much politics in the company, but I ended up from there. I kept pushing. Wanted to know more. The the, the floodgates were open, so I started training with Dr. John Gray, John mm. Felhan in the South, Esther Perel, who was not known then. Now she's famous now. Right. Dr. Pat Allen in Los Angeles. I was. Yeah, three and a half years of Dr. Pat Allen in Los Angeles, family child marriage counselor, um, in a group of five, you know, me and her and four of the people for three and a half years. So I'm not a therapist, but I'm trained by 
the most famous, you know, family child um, marriage therapist, which kind of put the kind of put all these masters that I trained with like together from the back kind of thing. So they all like Alison Armstrong teaches anthropology, Esther Perel teaches, you know, um, intimacy and, right, and romance, right? With marriage as well. Uh, Shanti Felhand, love and respect. Uh, and um, what's the other one? Dr. John Gray, the, the best part of his, to me, the best part of his work is the past 10 years about chemistry and how that affects our bodies and our mm -hmm. thinking, right? Like our culture is saying men and women are equal. No, <laughs> no, I equal, equally important, right? But, but different. Equal, <laughs> equally important, yes, not equal people. Not They don't operate the same way. We don't right. do anything the same way. We're actually complementary. Mm -hmm. And back to nature, at this point for me, everything I teach is back to nature, right? In nature, the female is always completely behaving different than the male, mm -hmm. but they're complementary. They come together for procreating continuous species, right? They're not the same. They're in opposition most of the time, but complementary. So right. are men and women. So what's happening in our culture is making me really busy because when we soften men in the name of there would be, they'll be less dangerous. That's not true. That's the opposite. And when we empower women to a point where they can be vulnerable, relationships go to hell and Absolutely. people have more difficulties in their relationships than ever in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. And there's data on this, right? Women are more unhappy today, the past 15 years, than they've been in the entire history of mankind. How's that possible right. with all the options, right? Well, yeah, we destroyed, <laughs> we turned the script too far and now it's literally impossible. Just saying. A little bit of soapbox for me here. It's not really a popular uh, sentiment, is it? No, but <laughs> right. like, I'm going to tell you. Like, it's true, but it's, it's just not popular. True. I know. Well, because the, the, the pulse of the culture, is, I call it, it's very, very, very difficult to go against the tidal wave of cultural beliefs. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is coming at everyone, men and women, from every, every angle. In school, on TV, in the theater, in the movies. Every freaking TV show, he's a dumbass. It's just a genius. And without, you know, without her, he'd be nobody. And, you know, <clears throat> commercials, commercials. I have a friend, you know, I live in LA, so I have a friend who does commercials. And, you know, in every commercial, the guy's a big old doofus, you know, and she's right. like the genius wife and the, the savior. And, right. And I remember talking to him about this. I'm like, what the hell, you guys? You know, you're part of the problem because, well, we can't make fun of anything anymore. We can't make fun of minorities. We can't make fun of religion. We can't, right? right? So we have men left, and somehow that that's okay. But well, it's not okay. He goes, yeah, well, that's all we got left. So yeah, everyone, that, uh, I, everyone's offended. Right, and then it was <laughs> yeah. so with that tidal wave of of men are dumbasses and toxic, and women don't need man. I don't need no man. Culture. So by the time people get to me, they're just realized, typically a little bit older, in the 30s and up, that whatever the culture sold them is a giant freaking lemon. And ultimately, women want companionship. Women want to be cherished. Women want to be loved and taken care of by men, right? So uh, they, they realize that you know their mother, their culture, their schooling did them wrong, sold them a lemon. And, and so men want to be valued as strong protectors, providers, you know, heroes. Yeah. yeah, heroes. And that's 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 what we, that's instinctual as well, by the way. You don't have to manipulate men to want to be your heroes, ladies. Mm -hmm. This is a hell of a good deal, naturally built in, right? It's nature again. So what are we fighting this for? Like, what do we what it, you know, 
but again, this, this is the pulse of the culture. My job, my mission, you know, I do my clients one-on-one, but the big goal, and thank you for having me here because that's how one way to spend my message is I want to put a dent in a culture with that, that whole false belief. Mm-hmm. Right? How, how did this impact your guys' relationship? You this information, <clears throat> I guess just like anything, it's just the layers and layers and I'm, st- I'm still learning. I'm still learning, but like I'm, I am an introvert. And, Me too. <laughs> um, it's affected our relationship by having tools to communicate straight up, you know, and where, you know, I would spin or maybe you too, but on how am I going to bring this up or, you know, you just put shoe things under the rug and then, you know, until you blow up, blow up, well, that's not good. So it's given me ways of, of, we have words that we use that he knows what that means like you know instead of the oh, oh we need to talk thing <laughs> you know it's like i want to check something out something doesn't make sense to me and it's upsetting me and so we have these sort of um codes code words just basic communication and, and also ways to discuss something that might be a little bit sensitive that normal in the past i would never have brought up right. and um when <clears throat> you ask <clears throat> it was about kids were young toddler and stuff, you know, you're just busy with that. But then there also is that feeling of, you know, you want to kind of balance things out a little bit, having young children. And I wasn't, I wasn't communicating to him that. And so I little by little, it's been helping with that form of communication and getting both of our needs met. And sometimes you have to even figure out what those are, you know, because if you don't think Do you know why you weren't communicating, yeah, I am an introvert. You don't want to rock the boat. I, you know, it's just imagining it's just going to go south. Has that changed through the years? Andre's on with his clients, and I can hear, and also his live live events and live seminars he does periodically. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm still. I've heard this stuff before, and it's still seeking seeping in and. Um, I'm identifying things and the energy and I'm identifying things in myself. So it's, it's constantly evolving and helping. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it seems to me too, when you get kind of past 50, your, your brain shifts, you know, and you, you can, you can feel the development in your brain and understanding things you could not understand in your thirties. That's amazing that you said that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, there's things that I just don't want to do anymore, you know, and I thought I was this feminine woman and respectful and easygoing and in his, not as much of his training, but as he's training others, I'm like, oh my God, I'm masculine. Oh my God, I'm doing everything. And then I'm resenting him for it because I'm doing everything. We, we ran a business together and I took on everything. And I learned where that's coming from, you know, and also wanting a career by six years old. And there's a reason for that too. So I'm unfolding to get to this more feminine place in myself and like allowing him to be the man. And this is, I'm in my fifties, you know, and I'm like you said, I'm so glad you said that because it is, it's just this unfolding of, I don't want to do things the way I've always done before. And I'm lucky enough to have a man. There's women out there that because they are 
functioning in a certain way. They can't even attract a man mm -hmm. because they're so masculine. And, mm -hmm. and that's so sad. And I think to answer your early question, that's a big reason why Andre does what he does because with these shifts, it doesn't take that long. These women and men are finding love joyfully for the first time in their lives. Well, it, it is a developmental process, you know, that you have to go through and, and there is a length to it that's necessary. And many people are bailing out of their relationships early on before they actually get to that growth stage and understanding stage. Yep. So, and I imagine that's, that's exactly what you guys are talking about here. You know, not only going through it yourself, but also seeing it in other couples. Yeah. So check yeah. this out. Check us behind us, <clears throat> right? That. This is us ballroom dancing. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's right? very cool. Now that's how we that's how we met, and and that's part of like what I teach, what I'm teaching, because the metaphors of dancing and relationships are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know I teach workshops where I do you know lecturing plus dancing to put couples together and to start losing how they interact. Right, that interaction with this is exactly what interaction with this. Yeah. If you can't lead, she can't follow, right? If his leadership is on and off, she gets uptight, nervous, and, and she tries to help. Right. When she tries to help because he's not really strong enough. Or if both yeah, people are trying to lead at the same time. Well, that's the thing. If But the moment he try, the mo if he's not strong enough, she automatically will take it, mm -hmm. right? And then in that, if he then tries to take it back, then he gets the elbow to the face, to the nose, and they need to the groin. I've been there, right? I like guess part of it, like if I'm not good enough leader, she can't follow me. Her nervous system jacks, right? And then she instinctively has to take it. Same thing in relationships. If the guy is not leading, she can't follow. She takes everything on. She's uptight. She's nervous. She can't respect them. She loses respect for him, respect for him if it goes on too long. And all of a sudden, she's like, what am I doing with this dude, right? Like, I don't feel safe, right? He's sweet, but he, he but feeling safe for a woman is primary for her to be able to hang in any length, in any relationship, period. If she doesn't feel safe, she's out of there. So, like if the, so if she doesn't feel safe with him, she loses respect. She'll beat him up a little bit, like sort of sarcastically, you know, like with words, kind of condescending, emasculating, because she's frustrated. Mm -hmm. But it's normal. It happens if he doesn't do it. She, that's it's an instinct. It's a it's a cave woman defense mechanism. Like, dude, you know what I mean? And that's how you bring out the worst out of women. So when I put couples in each other's arms, like, dude, you got to lead. Now, the metaphors for dancing are too what's the word? Too rigid, I guess I want to say, because in the real relationship, it's much more fluid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There is times where she, the stuff that she needs that she does better than me, the stuff that I follow, I'm better at. We have all this negotiating of what I want to do and I don't want to do and vice versa. In the world of dancing, there's no option here, right? I have to lead and she has to support my lead. In that, she has to be also a, what's the word? The mistake that people make is they think that the, 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 the female partner is passive. Mm-hmm is not passive she's nowhere near passive she's beyond not being passive she's doing everything i'm doing backwards in high heels and a dress are you kidding me she's not passive right so that's where the culture again the culture idea the culture is convinced women and men that for millennia you know it was unfair because it was men in front of women the the the, the patriarchy was beating on women because men just took the lead and women were behind second citizen that's not it 
I'm sorry, that's not it. Hyper, uh, patriarchy is men holding themselves accountable for providing and protecting women and children. Mm-hmm. That's the patriarchy. It's not against women, it's for women, right? So with that false belief that isn't filtered everywhere that patriarchy is against women, it's not. The new belief is, well, if men were in front of us for millennia, then the right thing to do is now equality. We're going to put women in front of men. Neither one work. <laughs> right. Nope. So it's I, I think the, uh, you know, the connotation is that if you are leading, then you are better than the person following. That's and not, that's the misconception. That's not true. And it's not true at all. Right. But Again, men and women have their own roles to play. Yeah. Like this well, is well, maybe, complimentary. Maybe the word supporting instead of following. Yeah. So that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's and, and, you know, what I'm suggesting is not, you know, it's not cut and dry type thing, mm-hmm. but where our complementary is when we come together is two different entities doing two different things, being motivated by different things, different temperament altogether, right? Men tend to be more uh, bigger and more pushy and women are better at connecting and be patient, right? I mean, the temperamentally, of course, there's all the flex in that, but we're actually made to be compatible and complementary to each other, not equals. Equality is two men fighting or two women doing nothing, right? So it's a plus and minus. It's the polarity that works. Polarity. It's the yeah. dance. Yeah. And again, this does not make a woman passive. <laughs> she's very active, except she's doing different things for us to come together. If the masculine energy is the frame and the feminine energy can move within that. Within the frame, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wow. Often the way I put it is like, you know, the masculine is a riverbed and the feminine is the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, so okay. they both need each other yeah. to be and anything. When they come together, we call that synergy. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I call it nature. That's nature. We're built yeah. for that. We're made for that. You know, yeah. when people fight me on these concepts of equality, I go, okay, all right, all right. Okay, this is it. Are you ready? We're as equals as our genitals. Right. Not at all. Last I checked, only women are giving birth these <laughs> Not days. at all equal, but made to fit, complementary again, right? Everything about us is like this. Everything, our temperament is made to fit, to complement each other. Men need women to be not so beastie, not so competitive, not so, so conquering, controlling. Right. We need women to go, babe, a little too much. Babe, you're scaring the children now. <laughs> babe, the neighbors, think, the neighbors think you're a freak. <laughs> Babe, bring it down, right? Just beast, right? So we need women to bring us down to mm-hmm. sort of a more civilized, Be socialized, right? Softness. And the women need us to make them feel safe and protect them, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. That's nature again. Like, what are we fighting for here? Yeah. Equality what? What are you talking about? Equality. It's it's complementary. It's beautiful. It's nature. Mm-hmm. Oof, it sorry. sounds like what you were saying. Like, <laughs> sorry. You have to have a sense of humor about this stuff. Like, it's <laughs> like if I were to come and attack you on, you know, what you were just saying, that's not going to work either. <laughs> okay, somebody you else know? say something. I'm sorry. We, I just we, think we, so. We definitely agree. Yeah. We definitely agree. Well, because you live it, right? I'm sure you live we, it if you're together. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. I mean, we, can't, we can't teach it unless we live it. And that's yeah. that's kind of where we come from. But, you know, teaching couples on how to have the, that balanced, complementary, beautiful relationship, you know, it takes work and knowledge, you know. And, and what you're talking about is being exposed to 
this new perspective on the relationship really helped you see that and the, and the necessity for growth. And I mean, that's can I share something? Cause it just happened last night. It was, we were having a very, very brief conversation. And I think this is really important and powerful for especially the women, but I think for both, but I, you know, we exited a business that we both were running for 20 years. And like I said, I was taking up, taking on, stuff that he wasn't even asking me, but like it needed to be done. So I jumped in and I think I have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking I have pulled way back on working, on helping him in his business, in this business, in this and that. And last night I was just sharing with Andre, like I, I said, are you frustrated with me? Cause I feel I'm frustrated with myself. I feel mm. like I can't get that mojo that I used to have to be efficient, to get stuff done. And, and his response was like, I still think you're taking on too much. I still think you're doing. And I, I was blown away by that. And I'm, I'm saying this because of what we women have put on ourselves and, and the messages coming at us. Like there's gotta be an easier way to do these things. And I think, having a great sit down on, okay, what do you do well? And what do I do well? Well, I'll grab the things that I do really well. And, um, but I don't think we have those conversations in general in yeah, our relationships. Yeah, factual, we factual. just, we tend to just grab and do things, whatever's needed. It was, so, it was in the other when they don't do what they, you think <laughs> you're supposed to do or you expect them to do. We don't never tell them what to expect, but we get mad when they don't meet them. Well, hello, yeah. <laughs> hello. Not so as this this yeah. goes perfectly with the last question. Oh, nice. <laughs> what is it that your partner does that you know they love you? <laughs> I can answer that. What you do, want to go first? What do you do that makes you feel loved? That makes me feel loved? Yeah. yeah. Okay, hugs, no. hugs and kisses me every morning, you know, hugs and kisses me every night, say goodnight. He <laughs> puts coffee in my coffee cup if he gets up first. Uh, it's like it goes on and on. Um, I don't know. You look at me and I feel like I'm important to you. Mm. <laughs> if that's the right word. Like, I feel like he wants me to be here. He wants me next to him. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Actually, I want her on this side. So <laughs> if you're looking, looking for her after 8 o'clock at night, she's, yeah. right, she's right here. She's right here on the couch, right under my armpit, purring and that's all i want that's all i need i could kill myself 12 hour days as long as at the end of the day my baby's with me life is good that is wonderful that is wonderful i'm choking again <laughs> <laughs> andre uh where can people get a hold of you and learn more about what you do oh and also i i'll, I'll Tell you this in a second. Also, want to share that I have a gift for you, listeners, if you're interested. Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, it's after after years of doing this stuff. Regardless of who comes at me, it's always the same story. Like, not one of us, not one of us gets out of childhood unscathed. Not one of us. Mm -hmm. And part of being human that we don't understand is that the decisions we make. From the injuries that we receive as a child between the age of five and 11, typically, sometimes before, sometimes after, but that crucial area of development, when we make decisions about people, the world, life, and ourselves, 
right, that gets recorded in our subconscious that we forgot completely about is actually running the show. So people don't do what they want. They think they do, but they don't. They find, that's how you find yourself in the loop. Same relationship, different guys, you know, blah, blah. Same terrible ending for, you know, in any aspects of life because the subconscious, the decision we made as children runs the show. I'm not good enough. People are scary. You know, I can't trust anybody. Men are dangerous. Women are dangerous, right? I don't feel safe. Like decisions that we make that we forgot. So I'm offering to you listeners, if you're interested, curious about anything that I said about learning to do the dance of relationship, because you're right, this has to be taught. Nobody is teaching this. Nobody understands that it's not about disco dancing or, you know, like this is, this is how people do relationship nowadays. They just sort of, they get on the dance floor, but they're not committing. Right. Right. They're dancing face to face, but you turn around and be dancing something like a nightclub dancing, right? There's no commitment there. There's no learning together. Ballroom dancing or any kind of like couple dancing, you have to get in and now you have to learn how to drive this. And in the beginning, it's uncomfortable. It's clunky. You step on each other's toes. You like it's, it's like we don't know how to do this. But people who succeed, you, us, you know, my, my couples who succeed, step in. Like you take a chance, you don't move in and don't have, you know, and hope it works out. Wait till you, you know what I mean? Like you got to get invested. You got to jump in and learn. And like a ballroom dancing couples, when you see them glide on the floor and it, it looks so beautiful and it's so effortless and oh my God, well, there's a lot of work in that. <laughs> they had to practice for that, right? So that's, this is anyway. So what I'm offering to anybody listening, if they're curious about learning about this, and even learning about men if you're a woman, learning about women if you're a man, I'm offering you guys a free exploratory call, I call it, on me. It's an hour plus call. If you send your listeners to www.andregroupcoaching.com, it's a landing page that allows you to um, get to my calendar and book an hour. And we'll have a one-on-one like this, but what I do in that call is really go back to the source. You know, what's, what, what have you recorded that's driving your show that's making your life unhappy, miserable, and successful, especially in the realm of relationship? My favorite thing to do is that piece. It takes me 15 minutes and I'm there with a client. Like, what happened? You know, what happened? My, the one that upset me the most, that I started all this because I had women come at me with, you know, I have everything. I'm powerful. I'm young. I'm strong. I have money. I have business. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to date me. I'm invisible to man. And if I get a date, I don't get a second date. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So that call addresses not what's wrong with you, how you get derailed, the belief system that you have that we could take off. And from there, actually have be able to build a relationship or, you know, from that space. So what happened? We peel an onion. Ah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. What happened to you makes you, so that makes you normal. That's the standard, right? So now right. from this place of discovery and hope, what is it that you want? What's the dream? And then see what and, we can do about that. And so, we'll definitely include that in the show notes, andregroupcoaching.com. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. My website is projectequinox.net. Equinox as in the perfect balance between day and night. Get it? I thought it was clever. Projectequinox.net. <laughs> and then uh, Instagram, Project Equinox on Instagram. And you have the other i have a private uh facebook group that is free uh but you have to be invited in you have to ask to, to be in we have 1700 women in there 
So there's a bunch of ways to join the community and start, you know, playing around with the concept that I'm teaching. So, and we will include all those links in the show notes. Thank you. And we want to thank you, Andre and Nancy, for being on Couple Synergy today. You know, people have been sharing their stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. We want to thank all of you for joining us on Couple Synergy. Our listeners, our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you. For all of you listening, please let us know how much you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, our home study course, we also have a home study course for couples that are together for less than five years called Synergy from the Start, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.